Hello and welcome to Wade In. I am still keeping the seat warm for Hugh Carhill, but I am joined by a regular in Kevin Blake. Uh, how are you, Kevin? Let's dive straight in. You, you're looking a little bit worse for wear. No, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm recovered now, but I, I, I did have a, a couple of days down in Dingle there um, where some um, light refreshments might have been involved in, at some stage with a, with a good pal of mine, Johnny Corcoran, who is a, who is a podcast listener. So we, we better give him a mention. He was having a stag party down there. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, Johnny, I hope, <laughs> so, I, hope it, I hope it was a good one for you, Johnny, down there. And I'm glad you've delivered Kevin Blake back in all right shape for this episode of Wade In. I'd have to and introduce we- you to Johnny, Vanessa. I see you get on well, actually. Be your, be your type of fella now. It's good fun. I don't know what that means. <laughs> What's my type of fella? Just a good good time guy? I don't know. A bit, bit, bit mad, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> Moving swiftly on, because this is now ultra awkward, because the other person on Wade In today is not Tony Calvin, because he is taking his summer holidays. And so instead, we have replaced controversial Calvin with Brendan Duke. And Brendan Duke, you've never met me before, and so don't listen to a word of what Kevin Blake says. How are you? And welcome to the team. Well, thank you very much, Vanessa. Uh, yeah, great. I'm uh, in, in a seat warming capacity as well. And uh, d- delighted to be here. Good form. Yeah, good form. Okay, great, great. Well, look, we've got loads to get stuck into, boys, because, of course, it's the week that was with Galway and Goodwood. So much action to review on the track and a little bit of action to get stuck into off the track as well, which we'll get to in due course. But, Kevin, let's kick straight off with uh, the best racehorse in the world and probably the performance of the week in the Sussex Stakes, Baid, winning in pretty ruthless fashion and is now two to one on for the Judmont International up at York. You were there at the track at Goodwood. Talk us through the day and the performance. Yeah, it was great to see him out. Um, he, he got a little bit, he got a little bit um, kind of uncharacteristically a little bit wound up there. Just And you, you wouldn't necessarily have seen it on TV. It had happened right close to our camera position when they brought him up to saddle him you know it's a it's a funny old setup in goodwood like the, the race score stables are, are a long long way away and they have to box them up etc and i think willem haggis was saying they got their timings a little bit wrong and um he just he was just threatening to get a little bit wound up but once once they got the saddle on him and into the ring he was grand um and sure look it was, it was just a routine sort of victory i think it's fair to say vanessa he didn't have to be at his very best um, and that's kind of twice in a row now we're probably saying that, you know, I think when he, when he set off in the lock-in and he was so impressive there, I suppose we all got our hopes up a bit that this might be one of those, you know, real spectacular seasons for him when he goes and wins by an awful long way every time and, and advances his form. But the last twice, they've been more like kind of, you know, it's a bit disrespectful to call him race course gallops, but I don't think he had to be at his very best at all to do it. And sure, look, I suppose we're all, like you say, looking forward to York, where he'll get a change of variable up and trip. I'm not certain it'll suit him myself. I'm in a, a big minority there. Everyone seems to think he'll be um, as good or better over that trip. I'm not so sure. Um, I'm not so sure at all, actually. But it comes down to opposition, Vanessa, and I, it's melting away a small bit already. Desert Crown is out. Um, by the sounds of it, a few of the other potential rivals aren't going to show up. Um, so yeah, we're hoping we get some good opposition, some world class opposition there against him, Vanessa. Just to just to see, you know, just to see how he copes with it and where he can transfer all that ability to the extended ten. But um, yeah, he's a victim of his own excellence at the minute because that last week he was probably just a little bit more routine than you would have liked in a top race. 
Yeah, I mean, I concur with a lot of those thoughts. And it feels like, Brendan, sort of um, from a public's point of view, like the fire still needs to be lit underneath Baid in terms of public um, appreciation for him. And I'm wondering if stepping up in trip and doing it at York will do just that. Will get will that get our juices going a little bit more about Baid? Or does he just not have the charisma of other unbeaten good horses from the past? Um, well, I, I I don't know. I mean, who are we comparing him to? There, there, there were some unfortunate comparisons to uh, one particular horse during the week, but I, I think he has captured the imagination uh, of the majority, uh, and, and assume just based on pedigree and run style that he will improve for the step up and trip. But um, if Mishrif turns up, I mean, Mishrif put up a career best last year in 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 winning the international stakes. So if that Mishrif turns up in York, he'll have to be on his game to beat him and. Maybe what we really need to see is to for him to get into a titanic struggle with another top class horse, um, yeah. and maybe maybe Mishriff could be the horse to put it up to him. Um, or well, well, ho- hopefully he runs because, as Kevin said, he we really need him to show up because if he, if he, if he doesn't, I don't know, I don't know what else is going to run it because imagine all the three year olds are going to head to um, Leopardstown to avoid him, so they're stuck. They, they need Mishriff basically. Yeah, we need Mishriff and we want a showdown up at York. And Kev, you'll be there. I'm going to make the trip to make sure I'm there as well. But I think you're going to be there working. So you'll be really putting your neck on the line with the not staying stuff then. I don't think I am, actually. I might be there in a, in a, in a spectator's capacity, depending what else goes on. But um, yeah, and look, I, I know Simon Rowlands is kind of coming at it from a similar direction as me. Like it's it's interesting when you compare like people will talk about Huckham obviously his full brother and how well he stays like but mechanically like they're very very different horses they do like they stride very differently like Huckham is a real middle distance strider whereas Baid is like a fast miler uh, on strides and look and now qualifies like I, I had the exact same concerns about Frankel you know when his time to step up and trip came and he obviously went and won by half the track so um, I, I just uh, I, I'm inclined to poke at him until I see it look what's going to turn up Mishriff is an important one but geez he's coming into it off a bit of a, a small low note I think it was forgivable people I've heard lots of people say he just didn't stay in um, in the King George but I, I don't necessarily buy into that I think he, he absolutely blew the start and made up a lot of ground into a fast pace very early and, and just got burst from doing that would be my read of it um, I hope he turns up uh, and turns up in top form because I like like Brendan says, like that would be a huge addition to the race. I think the Native Trail might turn up now. They had said he was going to go for the Jacques de Marwa, um, but because for Corobus uh, is now being rerouted there, they won't take it, they won't run them in the same race. And uh, so I, I'm guessing Native Trail is going to turn up. And um, what else? I don't know. Um, State of Rest is going to go for the Marwa. The only circumstances I could see that changing is if the rain came at Deauville, which isn't impossible. And then I'd say he could reroute to the international. Um, but other than that, you know, Alan Keir, will he run? I don't think they'll chance him on fast ground again, assuming the ground is fast. Uh, and that's kind of it. That's kind of it from what I can see. Um, and that's not the the most, you know, mouth-watering lineup of opposition to Baid. Uh, but look, if the horses aren't there, they're not there. If they're not sound, they're not sound. Um, so, yeah, sorry, a bit of a low note to start off on, but that's kind of very <laughs> ham on it. <laughs> 
there I was wanting the team to wax lyrical about the best horse in the world, but none, not a bit of it. Kevin Blake in his hungover state just pops the pin in the balloon I'm as always. Over. I'm not hungover. over. I'm not hungover. <laughs> now look, if there's, if there's a horse that really, if I'm talking about Baid not getting enough sort of public recognition, uh, then a horse that really doesn't get what he deserves is Kiprios because Kiprios has now won two top-notch staying races including then more recently the Goodwood Cup. And yet still, Brendan, all we can talk about is Stradivarius. Are we just ignoring what is potentially a top-class stay here in Kiprios in all the sort of Stradivarius uh, he, fuss? Yeah, he, he, he well, I mean, <laughs> there are no knowns, I suppose. He is definitely a top-class horse and he's improving all the time. And we're getting into dangerous territory here and, and I am inclined to do this uh, with horses. Sometimes it's right. It's hard to shake the impression he's keeping a little bit to himself as well. Just very hard horse to get to the bottom of Kiprios. Something comes to him uh, and he just, he just goes and he finds and he finds and he finds. Uh, he, he's a tough as old boot. Typical Galileo, of course, run, run through walls for you. And it's definitely possible um, to argue that Stradivarius was unlucky on, on both of those runs, but I just my, my my hunch is that Kiprios will always find a way. Yeah, I think I'd be in agreement with you there. We can all get sucked into the sort of Stradivarius drama, Kevin, but ultimately I think we are probably ignoring the fact that Kiprios uh, is a real, real top notcher in this division. And I know this is a race that really got you going on the first day of Goodwood. Yeah, it was fantastic, wasn't it? And, um, and sure, look, with regard to the post-race coverage, I suppose, as, as I like to say, controversy creates cash, and there always seems to be a, a kind of a spectacle surrounding the Stradivarius, win or lose, with <laughs> with the connections. And uh, that that was the case again here, um, with, and, you know, the jockey change pre-race, etc. It's just, you know, he, he's a magnet for comment. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I suppose the consequence of it is, as you've mentioned, is Kiprios kind of twice now hasn't, got the adulation that he deserves as a, a horse that's now after eight lifetime starts has won the gold cup at Royal Ascot and the Goodwood Cup. You know, that that's fair going for a horse with that sort of mileage. And I'd I'd be with Brendan. Like that that was my impression over the line was that this horse was was um extracting the urine as they say and, and wasn't giving us everything that um that he had. You know, you could see him flicking his ears there. And um, if Stradivarius had been closer to him, and I thought it was it was slightly ironic that John Gosden was kind of saying he wished that Stradivarius had challenged closer to Kiprios. I think if he did, that would have helped uh, Kiprios just as much, if not more, yeah. um, as it would have helped Stradivarius. And and he's done it a few different ways now. Like like the Gold Cup at Royal Ascot was like an exceptionally slowly run renewal of that race. And he managed to cope with that. And this was a bit more truly run. And he, again, he kind of won in the same sort of style again. So like, as well as being very good, he's clearly very versatile, very straightforward, walked around like a lamb beforehand. You know, you can put him anywhere in a race, really. Um, he clearly stays. He clearly has toe as well. Um, if he stays sound and he hasn't licked it off the stones either, as Brendan says, like he's by Galileo out, out of Polished Gem, who's, you know, one of the one of the better broodmares around for the last uh, for the last number of years. Um, it's just hard to see him beaten. You know, Stradivarius isn't going to get any better um, at the stage of his life he's at. Trushan uh, would be like a more than worthy rival from um, on ground with a bit more ease in it. Um, I'd love to see that again. Um, problem is, we're probably not going to see this this rematch again. 
Um, no, it's highly think, unlikely. Yeah, I think Kiprias is going to go to the Irish Ledger, um, where he'll probably meet Sonny Boy Liston, which would be a, a fair race. I'd look forward to that. Um, but I think the other lads are going are going to go their opposite ways. And I think Trushan, in fairness to the connections, they had a crack. They had a go on ground that they probably would have been concerned about. Um, I know some, uh, certainly John Gosden was unhappy with the with the level of watering that had taken place at Goodwood um, on that particular day. Um, I don't know if the times necessarily backed that up. It, it was probably the quicker side of good on times. Um, so, yeah, look, uh, you'd like to see it again, but we might have to be a bit patient and need a little bit of luck with weather, etc. But yeah, Kiprias, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be, I think we're in agreement there. Like, I think he is, he is a proper one. Um, yeah. And if, if he stays sound, he's just that type, isn't he? That's going to, and we were often in danger saying this every time a young stayer comes through, we're like, ah, oh, it's Yates, you know, yeah, he's, he's not going to be beat, he's not going to be beaten for five years, but um, in, in danger with all the with all the acknowledgement of the dangers of saying such things, you know, you do think Kiprios could be the one for, for a fair while yet. Yeah. So Kiprios, the emerging star, but the drama will follow Stradivarius right till the end. And goodness knows where the next chapter of that book goes, because uh, it's not entirely clear. Jockey bookings or where we'll see him next. But either way, one thing's for sure. You know that all eyes will be on Stradivarius. Uh, The St. Ledger picture had a pretty big shake up during Goodwood. Uh, specifically down to the Godolphin horses, really, Brendan. New London winning the Gordon Stakes. He's now the three to one favourite for the St. Ledger from 11 to two. He's really got back on track, rocking and rolling now. Really, the only blot on his copybook is that Chester run. And I actually, I'm inclined to think that despite the fact he's done his winning at the July course and Goodwood in his last two starts, I actually think he's going to be a much better horse on a more conventional, flatter, galloping track like Doncaster, just because of the nature of the sort of physical that he is. That's my view on it. But uh, there's no doubting the fact that he's the worthy favourite now for, for this ledger. Uh, sorry, uh, sorry, sorry, just a, a, a slight interruption there. Yes, uh, absolutely no, Deb. He should, he, he should be favourite. Um, we'll have to see uh, what they decide to what they decide to do with them, but. Um, I, 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 or sorry, I, I, I totally lost my train of thought there. Yeah, uh, he, he he was seriously impressive. He's definitely entitled to be favourite, and um, I think he's had plenty of beaten at Doncaster. Sorry. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd, I'd agree with that for sure. And who your mal, Kevin, was in there behind him, finished third that day behind New London. But again, the focus really on him is about going down under, and obviously Secret State as well put his cap in the ring for the St. Ledger, but I'd much prefer to be with New London. I'm, I'm really warming to him and Tony Calvin, give him a nod because he's been a big fan of this horse last two runs. Uh, I, I can't really get away from him now for the Ledger. Yeah, I like the two of them, to be honest. Like they're both like, like New London, I'd be with you in terms of the track because I remember seeing him at Chester there. Like he, like it sounds like a like a, like a kind of you're, that you're taking the mick a bit. Like, but if if he if you put him walking around the ring in Cheltenham, like he wouldn't look out of place. Yeah. In terms of a physical, um, big big old Kevin, he, he he's at least ten Dan Barbers. He's got to be <laughs> he's at, at least, least ten. 10 Dan, he's ten Dan's tall. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, Dan, Dan will be dismayed that, that that Brendan Duke is joining the podcast because he he is certain he's he's very long of leg as well, and would also would also make Dan look tiny. Oh. <laughs> we love you, Dan. We love you, Dan. Um, but, back to back to the good old horses. Yeah, yeah. He was. I thought he was impressive. I don't think a mile and a half around Goodwood would necessarily be his thing, and he um the race I don't think went perfectly for him either, but he still found a way. And going up and trip would definitely suit him. But I tell you, I do like Secret State as well, Vanessa. Like different sort of profile. He's gone down, I suppose, the more patient route. He's coming up through the handicaps. Um, but like Kiprios that we mentioned earlier, like I do think he's really saving something for himself now. He was notably idle late on. Um, and to be able to win big handicaps like he has been, whilst being like that, you know, I think that there's certainly more to come. Look, he needs to make a, a bigger jump up than New London does to be a St. Ledger horse. Um, but, you know, I, I think he has that potential in him. Um, and I'm fascinated to see how high he can go. So I really like him. Okay. Positive mention for Secret State. I'm all about New London. Hugh Yamal going off down under. Hasn't really justified his price tag just yet, but he's not really had an opportunity to, in fairness. Uh, Yorkshire Oaks scene had a bit of a shake-up with Cela Rosa winning the Lily Langtree. She's now 12 to 1 from 20s for the Yorkshire Oaks for William Haggis and Tom Marquand. Brendan, uh, were you impressed by her performance or disappointed by others in behind her? Yeah, well, I I, I don't think it was a, a particularly uh, strong re- renewal, but she's definitely a filly going places. And I'd imagine she'll go for the Yorkshire Oaks, given that Haggis trains her and he, he, he loves to have winners at that meeting. Um, so I, I'd say 12 to 1 is a fair price. Again, it depends on the opposition. That doesn't seem a particularly strong, strong division. 12, 12 to 1 seems fair, but she'll surely need to improve. Yeah, I think she definitely would to turn the tables with free win, Kevin, if free win was to go to the Yorkshire Oaks for the Gosden team from that Haydock form line. On that Lily Langtree evidence, Cela Rose would have to take another step forward, wouldn't she? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think so. If- you know, if Rab Havlin hadn't so inadvisedly went for that massive gap, um, you know, it, it would have been it would have been a very different race. Um, but yeah, look, she looked very good that day, didn't she? she to overcome what happened there, and uh, you'd like to think that if you ran that back, the free wind would be the one on top again. But look, three-year-old fiddies, they they can find improvement, and um, you wouldn't like to rule out Cela uh, Rosa certainly. But yeah, I'd be favouring free wind. Yeah, agreed. Um, moving on to the Ebor scene, Trawler Man for the Gosden team, but the Dolphin Colours now 16th one shot from 33s with Betfair for the Ebor. Um, following his win in the Goodwood Summer Handicap, the Hood on, Benoit de la Serre on claiming the five. Uh, just not an ultra straightforward horse, Kevin, is the reading of this. He's gonna have to he's gonna have to pass a stalls test, isn't he, to before the Ebor on top of just the way he races as well. For me, it's not the profile of a horse for the Ebor, but maybe he's got more ability than he's letting on. Yeah, and he, he might just he might, he might not get in. You know, it's 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 a difficult race to get into since they since they lashed the prize money up. Um and and he, he I, yeah, you might not might not get in, but like you say, look, there's a kink in him. I don't mind a, a bit of a kink in, in um, these staying horses. He, he, the first time hood on, he's clearly not straightforward, but um, look, he has the right type of profile, doesn't he? He represents the team that, that is going to know what's what um, with this type of horse. And yeah, he, he wouldn't have been top of my list, but um, he won a big prize here. He did indeed. Um, moving on to the sprinters, Cardem. Am I right in saying, Kevin, you tipped him up? Is that your tip? Yeah, what's, in what's the Qatar rare, sprint. What's, 
Rare is wonderful, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. That's, absolutely. That's my favourite saying. Uh, Cardinal winning the King George Qatar Stakes under a, a very good Ryan Moore ride. Um, relief, I think, for Charlie Hills, Kevin. He'd been in a bit of a dry spell for a little while there. Yeah, and it's a kind of a rare old double, I suppose, isn't it? The Stewart's Cup and going on to win the, the King George um, the King George Stakes, you know, five and six at a track like Goodwood um, is, is fair going. Um, Russell, you know, came, came from a fair way back and hit the line very well. But um, Cadam, he's always been very, very talented. And like I'd say he hasn't been a straightforward horse to train. And this this might have been like in terms of the number he put up, it was probably his best performance since he won the Stewart's Cup um, as a three-year-old, you know, which, which seems like a, a lifetime ago at this stage. But um, he's back and in a with a five furlong division that isn't full of depth and formidable rivals. Um, he might well be able to get back in the mix in, in Group 1 company. Well, will he though, Brendan? If he goes to the Nunthorpe, would you have any interest in Cardam in the Nunthorpe? He's now a 10 to 1 shot from 20s after his Goodwood win, but I, I would be leaving him well alone. He's a hard enough horse to trust, isn't he? I mean, if he did put up, uh, if, he, if he was on his A game, which is a few, few and far between, but if he, if he was on his A game, he, he'd be a match for most of them. Um, but it, what price is that to happen? Um, so it, it's effectively a double. I don't think I'd trust him. Yeah, fair enough. We don't like those untrustworthy types on this podcast, Brendan. Have you have you ever been to have you ever been to your Brendan? Yes, I was there for the um the Dante meeting that uh Crystal Ocean won the Dante uh oh. that year. Uh I I I was there. The, uh, very enjoyable. Uh, I, I think I lost some money, but it's serious value. Um, I think I got a three-day ticket, a three-day ticket for sixty pounds or something, which is almost unheard of in England, where it's much more expensive to go racing than it is in Ireland. So, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go to York again if if I ever leave the country again. York would be high on my list. <laughs> good to know. Good to know. I tell you, I only ask because I, if I was to take a racing fan racing, I'd go to York. It's a bit of a cliche, I suppose. A lot of people would say that, but for me, it's just they know how to give the customer a proper good day out. And the racing during the August meeting, ah, the evil meeting is just top notch. And I'm very much looking forward to a day out with my dad to see Baid, and I'll really enjoy it. So looking forward to that. Um, I don't know why I've gone off on a diversion here. Let's focus back in on the racing. Nashua winning the Nassau Stakes, uh, Kevin. I mean, this just felt like a feel-good story from start to finish, basically. I've got... I'm I'm so fond of the Philly. The relationship between Holly and John Gosden just developing all the time and his comments afterwards. Like I think that I got the quote here. It's Holly Doyle is a star. She has an incredible work ethic. As a rider, she's very savvy and strong with great balance. She has the most wonderful personality and she is so applied and focused. Focus. She's a credit to anybody in any line of work. I can hand on heart say no one will ever say anything like that about any of us anytime soon i mean like <laughs> it's just like i mean if you were to get a school report does it get any more golden than that kevin yeah am, am i no cynic now or is that as much about holly doyle as it was about frankie dittori <laughs> oh you are a cynic jesus do you know what you yeah, the, the, I... the word the wording of it just caught my eye i'm like you know is, is it saying she's everything that, that frankie isn't at the minute 
you know maybe that's completely out of line now and harsh but i i i i do i'm, I'm i find myself reading and, and listening to almost everything john costin is saying at the minute through that prism of um is is the difficulty he has and sometimes masking his frustration with frankie <laughs> yeah, i could well, be look, wrong though i, I could mean, be wrong you you could be wrong you could be very right that is exactly why we love these sort of podcasts because i haven't <laughs> even thought about that i'm so innocent mm. and innocent to the world is what i am kevin blake and i just saw that quote and i thought oh how nice and there see, you I, are. I, see, just... I find I find insults and everything, Vanessa. It's why it's why my it's why my list is so long. <laughs> <laughs> what about the Philly? What about the Philly? What about the performance itself? Yeah, she was very good. Now it wasn't her fault. Now, but a few of her, her, her couple of main rivals were, were definitely well below themselves. But um, the run of the race didn't really go her way. I don't think. Um, certainly, watching the race, I thought Dream Loper was getting the run of it up front, and Nashua was was further back than ideal. Um, but she quickened up well from rear, didn't she? And ultimately won quite well. Um, I don't think she had to probably advance her form to do it. Um, but look, she's this is her trip, I'd say. Um, very likable filly. You know, the good ones can get themselves out of um, bad positions. I don't know if it's a bad position, but certainly suboptimal. Um, and Holly, sure, you know, how, how could you not love Holly? Um, in every regard, you know, as, as a jockey and as a sports person and as a, as a personality as well, like, very very difficult not to like her you know she's sugary sweet when she's when she's speaking and off the back of a horse but you put her on and she's an absolute gangster like she's just, <laughs> I, she's a fantastic she reminds me an awful lot actually of and i know it's it's, it's it'll probably sound wrong but she right she reminded me a lot of rachel blackmore in terms yeah. of just how ruthless she is like she's not just thinking about uh, you know doing the right thing by her horse and her situation like she always seems to be aware of who's where and if there's an opportunity to close the door and to get one up on a rival like she'll she'll grab it with both hands um and we saw it on Trushan. i don't know if it necessarily show it was the best thing to do at the time but you know when the opportunity was there to to make things difficult for andrea Azzini and stradivarius you know she didn't hesitate and you, you have to love that you know no, top, yeah. top top class race riding is a ruthless game and um she despite her her her, her sugar sweet demeanor she does not lack for ruthlessness at all um and yeah it was great to see her getting to you know, having come across a horse like this that that can you know give you know give her group one days. Um, it's not her first; it will not be her last. But um, top ones are difficult to come out to come across, and um, she's got one here. Absolutely, um, Brendan on the filly herself, Nashua herself. Kevin says she probably didn't have to step that much for, more forward on what she'd already shown to win the Nassau. But if she goes to the Irish Champion Stakes, she really is going to have to step forward on what she's doing. Do you think she's capable of that further step? Yeah, I mean, I I, I still have a, a bit of faith in the uh, in the Oaks being a proper race this year, despite what's happened with Tuesday and Emily Upton. Since I, I'll admit my faith in the race is shaken somewhat but um i thought nashua ran a huge race in the oaks when when she probably just ran out of gas looking at her on the telly she looks a really big strong filly she might just be coming to herself physically she gets the allowance johnny g has won the irish champion stakes with a filly well i wonder filly granted but it's still i mean whilst the it was a proper renewal of the eclipse they all did finish in, in a bit of a heap so it's probably not a massive leap forward she has to make getting the allowance in Leopardstown. As Kevin says, it, it, it is her trip. 
I'd say I'd say eight to one is a fair price. I mean, would, would she be three times the price of Adani on the day? Uh, maybe she would. I'd, I'd say eight to one is a fair price. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd give her I'd give her a right good chance in Irish Champions League. Love it. I mean, I, I would be delighted if that happened, if they go over there and they have that matchup. I think that would be an absolute corker to look forward to. And let's move on, talking about a few of the two-year-old performances from the week that was at Galway and Goodwood. Um, Tahira, should we start with her, Kevin, uh, for Dermot Weld? Well-bred, wins on debut, has been introduced at 20-1 to 1 for the 1,000 guineas market. Not that anyone in their right mind is looking at that at this point, but... Aga Khan Silks at Galway for Dermot Weld? Yeah, look, and I'm probably notable on a couple of fronts. Um, not easy to make a winning debut at Galway. Look, we've seen it. We've seen some right good horses do it, but, um, you know, most of those top trainers would agree that you'd rather have a run going there than not have one. And um, sure, look, like Dermot Weld is, is having a tough season, very tough season. Um, full week of Galway, one winner. Um, God, how many winners has he had this season? It's less how than t- I was just about to say, how tough on the numbers, Kevin? I'm not really across this. I don't think. Yeah, I'm looking and glancing here. It's eight in the in 2022. Oof. Um, the year, the the, the calendar year, and two of those were homeless songs. Um, four percent strike rate. You know, this is this is a long, long way behind what we expect from Dermot Weld. Um, he spoke that there was a virus in the yard. They struggled to get get their get their finger on what the problem was, but he felt that they had and the horses were coming. And now, in fairness, like he did have a fair few at Galway that would have won on on another day. The, the ball just wasn't dropping his way. But but this filly was very good. Um, won by a long way um, over a horse of Aidan O'Brien's that, that had shaped very nicely on debut um, it, and a horse of Joseph's that had won a, a barrier trial so it seems to add up and she didn't just win, she won very well so, you know, could this be the one that that, that turns um, Derby Well season around, you know, could she be a My Glare filly, you wouldn't like to rule it out um, the debutante will, will line up nicely for her, it's in a little bit less than three weeks um, one assumes that should go there and if things go well there it's on to the Mike Lair and maybe the Fiddy's Mile something like that maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves but you know in any other year with Derma Weld if a Fiddy like this came out and won like this at Galway you'd be, you'd be talking those type of targets um, so yeah by Sayuni um, yeah looking forward to seeing her again Okay, positive nods for Tahira out from the very out of form yard. I hadn't really quite noted quite how bad the numbers were from Dermot Wells. It's a bit depressing, but hopefully he's got another good one there. Um, Brendan, did you see commissioning winning in Newmarket? Another debut winner for the 1,000 guineas market introduced at 25 to 1, complete unknown, but nicely bred. Did you see her? I did, I did, I did see her. I'd say that was a that, that was a proper maiden. I think we, I, I might just mention with with Tahira, wildly impressive and all as she was. I can't remember the last time Dermot Weld had a runner in the one thousand guineas. So I'd say even if she does turn out to be a filly who goes and wins a Moy Glare, they might still wait for the cur with her. Mm. So they, but but the the twenty to one uh, uh, about commissioning. I mean, if commissioning is as good as she looks in Newmarket when she bounded up the hill that that could well be a, a fair price for the the 1000 guineas but the second the well-bred prep pain now I know you have to make a, a really good case for a horse to make up three and a half lengths it's a it, it's a long way to be beaten but she looked completely clueless uh, on the track she's 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 so well bred she's coming out of Michael Stout stuff from that hotel 
you would expect a lot of improvement from, from first run to second. Although he did have that Nostrum win in, in, in Sandown. It's quite the renaissance for Stout. Mm-hmm. I know he can't keep the, the, the Derby horse sound, which is an awful pity. But uh, he, he looks to have some very promising two-year-olds in, 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 in the yard. And I wouldn't be shocked if that propane turned out to be the best of them. I'd say there'd be loads of winners will come out of that maiden. I'd say the first two are probably with a bit of luck in their lives, stakes fillies. But I'll just be interested. She looked a le- it's hard to tell on the telly, but she looked quite a leggy sort down at the start for pain as well. Say when she comes to herself physically, she could be very interesting. Okay, for you to take out of that of uh, commissioning's maiden then. And sticking with you, Brendan, sticking with Newmarket, Noble Style. He made his long-awaited reappearance, his second star, having won that very hot race at Ascot. Um, we haven't seen him since. He's clearly had issues. And then, to be honest with you, he's 16 to 1 unchanged for the for the 2,000 guineas at the moment. And I didn't think he looked that straightforward. I did, yeah. And I was kind of hoping for more. Um, yeah. Look, so I, know, I. I know, look, the preparation wasn't ideal like that. That um, novice that he won, like it was a standard piece of form early in the season that put him, you know, in terms of a number, you know, bring it, bringing times and sectionals in, like it put him kind of top of the pack there for quite some time. Um, so we were hoping, lucky Mr. Alaska, there was clearly difficulties in training. Um, but now that he was back and they pitched him in, not not, in, not into shallow waters, but, you know, might have been expected that they would have went for a stakes race. They went for another novice. You were hoping he'd go and put on a show. But look, maybe maybe there was a clue in the fact that they went for a novice. Maybe they felt that he just wasn't going to be at his sharpest. Um, coming back from a few months off and they put him in here. And look, he won. And you shouldn't be knocking him too much when they win. But I thought the runner-up ran a smashing race, Millstream, um, and shaped very well. So look, if they rematched again, it, it would be fascinating. I'm sure Noble Style will be generally expected to uphold the form uh, with the benefit of the run under him. But I, I wouldn't be forgetting about the second either. I think there were probably two nice calls. Maybe maybe Noble Style just wasn't on his best day, but we'll, we'll give him another chance. We won't, we won't damn him with too much fame praise, Vanessa. We'll see how he gets on with this run under his belt. Yeah, fair enough. And just a quick mention before we move on to the next part of the podcast for Royal Scotsman. Brendan, did you see him win the Richmond Stakes at Goodwood? I thought oh, he yeah. was very impressive again, really, all in all. And... I don't know. I mean, he's a 25 to one shot unchanged for the 2000 guineas. Yeah. You've got a horse like noble style, a much shorter price. And I think like that discrepancy, if you are looking at an antipose market is far too much for my liking. I, I was really impressed with Royal Scotsman for the Colts. Yes. Hugely impressed. But I, I would say he'd be of the two races. I'd say he'd be more a middle park contender than a Jewhurst contender. So then I suppose when you're framing these anti-post markets, it's all a bit of a guess up, but you're framing them. Maybe he goes and wins the middle. I mean, he couldn't have been more impressive in the Richmond. I, I think he, he improved on what was a very good run in, in, in Royal Ascot. Uh, he, he, he danced in, in Goodwood. He looks a huge runner in, in, for a middle park. But if he goes and wins that, then do they say, oh, well, we might skip the guineas and wait for the Commonwealth Cup, go via the, 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 the Haydock race. So I, I wouldn't be sure about him running in the, 2000 guineas i think that's the stag and maybe why he's that price yeah understandable points for sure 
And that about wraps up a review of the racing action from Galway and Goodwood. Obviously, loads of stuff that we haven't been able to cover, but we can't mention everything. So those are just a few of the highlights. And we can move on to some of the bits and pieces that have been happening away from the race course. And it was announced in the week, Kev, that Peter Savile, the former British Horse Racing Board chairman, had gathered racing's heavyweights to put together a proposal to the BHA about how to radically change the declining landscape of British racing. And the bottom line of this report is essentially, well, it's actually not the bottom line, but some of the key points is basically less racing at the top end, but for more prize money, and more racing at the bottom end, but for the sort of same amount of prize money slash less. And it's all about, it's less about fixture reduction and more about a restructuring of the field sizes is essentially what I've got from the general gist of the report. But what what are your takeaways from reading this? Yeah, look, I could see that. You know, look, I think we all, well, you'd need to be blind not to see all the problems that, that there are in British racing. And, um, you know, I suppose... We, main, we've spoken enough about them on this podcast. Yeah, you know, and obviously I, I won't repeat everything, but obviously the main consequences that we see every day are field sizes, uncompetitive races, um, when you go a bit deeper, you see the amount of horses that are being lost abroad, um, and that's only likely to accelerate. So, look, it needs to be addressed. The fear that we all have all along is that the BHA don't have the inclination or power to really make the kind of sweeping changes that are probably necessary. Um, and look, I, I know in an article the other week, I was kind of raising the possibility of, you know, is this going to, is the end game for this situation, you know, a live racing? Um, if, if, you know, hopefully the listeners are familiar with what I mean with by that in terms of what's going on in golf, and me, in golf at the minute, um, in that someone comes in with a whole pile of money and, and, and looks to shake things up because right now it seems very broken. Um, look, I'd love to see the, 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 the detail of what Peter Savile and his group of, of interested parties are presenting. But I, 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 I quite like the sound of it. You know, I know some will, will, will shudder at the... The, I suppose if you if you want to cut through the bluster and call this what it is, like it's almost the creation of a two-tier system. Um, but you know, I do think that 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 scene for the nicer horses will say, I don't know what you want to call it, 85 plus, 90, 90 plus, it's extremely congested. I think it's going to be brought into the spotlight in the coming weeks. You know, I it didn't get a lot of attention, but the rate the Shergar Cup actually reduced their field sizes. Um, for this upcoming Saturday, because they were fearful that they wouldn't fill. Yeah, you know, those yeah. races worth an awful lot of money. I know it's a format not everyone loves, and some don't like the the, the randomized jockey bookings, etc. But when you can't, when you're worried about not filling races worth that much money, you know that's that's quite Terrifying. stark. Yeah, it's quite stark. You know, we have the we've the racing league um, taking place over the next ten weeks or so. That's going to be drawn from that same population of horses. You know, not to 90s, the Shergar Cup is um, not to 100. Um, and it's, 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 it's interesting times. And look, I'm always for people having a crack. And like these, these problems are not easily solved. They're complex. So if you get a lot of good people in the room thinking and, and working towards a solution rather than just moaning, you know, that, that's to be encouraged. And look, something has to change. And if this is the, if this is the thing that brings about that change, fantastic. Uh, the one certainty is that if you do bring about fundamental change, you will not please everyone and you need to be brave enough to kick on and do what you think is the right thing, despite um, incoming flack, etc. So, look, I'm, I'm watching this with great interest because something needs to happen. 
Yeah, exactly. And I think that's just the point from my, well, from my view anyway, Brendan, is, you know, we're looking at a broken system here, a pretty negative landscape of British horse racing as things stand at the moment on so many levels. And the fact that somebody has gone out of their way to try and make a difference, to try and put a proposal forward, to really take active steps to make change that will ultimately, hopefully, help the sport of horse racing here in the UK. Whether you necessarily agree with what they've put forward, it's got to be a positive that some that these people are thinking and trying to move the wheels in the right direction. Oh, yeah, he absolutely didn't have to do it. I mean... As Kevin said, he he, he got uh, some of, of the factions. I mean, you couldn't possibly get all the factions in UK racing in one room. It'd be like getting the Balkans, all the all the people running the, the Balkan states into one room. Just couldn't couldn't happen. Uh, but he got he got enough of them in there that they're in the room. They're talking to one another. That, that they might be able to to tease something out. But I mean, he mentioned in the report, and he has to say it because it's just that everyone realizes it. He there, there needs to be a central authority. And I because uh, a camel is a horse designed by committee, as we know. Uh, so uh, racing is very much a camel. It's just everyone they put their little bits on, taking their little bits off. It's a complete mess. But I, I don't know how you you get the people in the room, get the race courses in the room with the BHA to say we need a dictatorship here to make these decisions. Um, and he is trying. And, and fair play to him, I wouldn't fancy the job, and I wish him the very best with it. But it's a it's a tough job he's got. Anyone, who, whoever takes it on, try, trying to fix it. There's just so many problems. And of course, it's, it's fascinating that that's Peter Saville heading it up, obviously, because it was before my time in racing. But when when Peter was in the position he was back in the 90s, wasn't that, you know, he essentially, for, for all intents and purposes, was a, a dictator in British racing. And I know from reading about what it was like at the time, it was very contentious and he wasn't always popular. But the thing is, when you have a dictator that actually has the power, you can actually get things done. And then, of course, the whole thing fundamentally changed with that with that infamous court case with the, the race courses, um, you know, objecting to the, the BHB, as it was at the time, having control yeah. over the fixture list. And ever since that, I think that that was a fundamentally um, bad day for, for the greater good of racing. It was great for race courses, but it, it completely unbalanced the, the, the power yeah. dynamic in British racing. And I think since then it's been a struggle to get, to get anything done. And the situation has got worse and worse in the, the couple of decades since. And yeah, it's just going to be fascinating. It's very interesting that Peter is heading it up. Look, he, he would have, you know, vast experience of all the considerations that, that are on the table here. Um, but one fears that he'll run into the same sort of roadblocks that anyone that's trying to affect change for the greater good it seems to always run into in British well, racing is that they're just it just get vetoed by someone who doesn't like it well just the final point then before we move on Kevin for for anyone who's listening into this thinking I mean the natural question is what what next what is the next step from this point he's put this report forward to the BHA just very briefly what happens now and well, look to the BHA are about to undertake their their strategy review anyway. So the timing of this is interesting. Um, they obviously that the thought from Savile's group is obviously that their recommendations and proposals are considered as part of the strategy review. And look, ultimately, this will come down. What this will come down to, Vanessa, is a plan will be will be will be made. A proposal will be made, um, and it's going to take 
some or all or, or, or many of the, the powerful in interest groups in racing, the, the people are going to have to take hits. They're going to have to agree to things that aren't in their interests for the greater good. And when each one of those interest groups is presented with that proposal, we think this is the best thing for the long-term um, viability of the sport. It's going to hurt you in your pocket. It's going to hurt you in your interest, but we want you to agree to it for the greater good. And it's going to come down to each one of those groups to weigh that up. And I just, the old cynic in, in me just feels that someone will kibosh it because not everyone is prepared to, to look at the bigger picture. They're only short-term um, financial considerations. Um, and if this fails, Vanessa, and, and we can't, uh, say we, if, if British racing as a whole can't get this over the line, that's when a situation like like a like a live golf is going to become the only realistic possibility of 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 change, meaningful change. Um, that's sad. Hopefully, you always hope the change, positive change, could come from within. But like we've said many times, it's so broken that you just wouldn't be confident that they can they can sort this out between themselves. Cynical Calvin is on his holiday and cynical Kevin has replaced him, it would seem. But I, I feel some of your fears, Kevin. I feel them as well. Uh, let's move on to listeners' questions because we've got a few this week. And the first one is from last week, which is from Elliot Moreland, who was talking about the King George at Ascot. And his question is, uh, what do you make of the second in the King George? Looked awkward in the run-in. Any thoughts? Struggling with the ground or might need headgear? Um, Brendan, he's talking about Torquedo Tassau and the German horse. I suppose it, for me, it was probably a bit of a mixture of the ground. I'm not sure about the requirement of headgear. No, I would, I would. The ground was their fair going in, but they were, they were, they were happy to run him. He, he ran a fine race in in what was a very strange race, and they'd, they'd be looking forward. To, he's only had, what, three runs this year. He's only had three runs this year. That was a fine effort. Uh, on conditions that wouldn't suit him. I wouldn't be sticking headgear around him. Like he carried his head at a slightly odd angle in the arc last year. Yeah. But um, he didn't he didn't lack tenacity. I mean he, he dug it out, he dug it out from nowhere. And uh, given similar conditions this year, he'd, ha he'd have to be a big runner. Absolutely. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, Joe Maloney has got in contact. Uh, mixed cards were the making of Galway. Surely Lestole races, who were promised mixed meetings last year and now forced to have drab flat cards on the Tuesday and the Thursday of the Harvest Festival in September, is wrong. Discuss. Kevin, mixed cards? Yeah, yeah it's an interesting one. Actually, they've been a part of Irish racing for as long as I've been in the game up until covid they got rid of them for COVID because it was just for obvious, I suppose, logistical reasons. They didn't see the need to be mixing um, a flat cast of characters and a National Hunt cast of characters on the same card if it could be avoided. Um, and look, it's an interesting thing. I can see from a, from a public's point of view that they would be popular. Flat racing can be a bit of a struggle um, with the public in Ireland. Um you know, I can see why the jockeys wouldn't necessarily be fond of it. Um, if they can, if they're turning up and going through the expense of getting to a meeting when they only have the, the option of riding in, in a relative handful of races, um, assuming they get a ride in every race they can, which is rare enough. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't feel strongly about it to be honest. I can see it, it would be these big summer meetings, your Galways, your Listoles, um, that are that are big big hits with uh, the public. You know, I, I can see why they'd be desirable to them. Um, but I can't say I have a super strong view. Brendan, what's your view on mixed cars? You should see more of them. 
No, no, I, I, I don't like them at all. But then I'm a, a flat race, Irish flat racing fanboy, and there aren't many of us. And uh, to get people <laughs> to go flat flat racing in Ireland, you have to stick a, a, a couple of divisions of a maiden hurdle on the card, it seems. So, so I, under, I, under, I understand uh, why they do it. But I just, I just want to go and watch flat racing in the summer and then go and watch national hunt racing in the winter and celebrate the great diversity in the game. But I, I can't, I, I can't do that. And I understand that race courses have to eat too. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Okay. It's a, it's a negative for the mixed cards, Joe, from Brendan and a bit of a mare response from Kevin. Uh, let's move on. Billy well, Joe, Joe just doesn't like, Joe just doesn't like, like he said, he gave, he gave it away there. What about these great mixed cards? I don't know what drab flat racing, drab flat racing. So <laughs> drab. He, just, he just, he just, he just doesn't like flat racing. So that's that's very that's true. Before Joe, yeah. Joe Knight, he's a great man. You, you'd see him turn up everywhere in fairness to Joe. <laughs> Drab is a great word, isn't it? It's something, it's like, it's close second in the things you wouldn't want to be described as behind boring. <laughs> boring would be the worst insult for me, followed by drab. Ugh. Uh, Billy the Kids has got in contact. Benoit de la Serre received a 14-day ban under the non-trial rule this week. Considering that punters will have had cash on the horse, do you think that 14 days seemed a big enough, uh, enough of a punishment? Thanks. Uh, well, for me, it did, because it's probably going to take him out of the apprentice title race, isn't it, Kev? Yeah, and sure, look, it's, it's, I suppose you, you should probably, it's always fair to judge the punishment and, and against the offence rather than the overall circumstances. Like a 14-day ban is going to hurt Benoit more than most for obvious reasons that you say he's stuck in the middle of a, of a uh, apprentice title race. Um, but look, the, the scale is there. I think that that's pretty much in the middle of what they could have given him. Um, you know, it's, it's it's for him. It'll be extremely, it'll be extremely expensive. But then again, if you had your few quid on the horse, uh, you'd be entitled to be pretty upset too, because it's it's easy enough to get beat on merits. But when you when you have a situation like that, it, it does leave a sour taste. Yeah, it really does. Uh, Jordan Grinnell has got in contact. What's everyone's view on the amount of times the Judith Wilson horses are being run? Uh, this is an owner with have his their horses with David Pipe. Um, any any strong view on this from either of you? Yeah, uh, no, not, no, breaking, it's, it's, not breaking not any anything, rules. They're not earning gonna... anything standard in the in the stables. I mean, if they, if they're fit and ready ready to go, uh, run them. Yeah, no, I, I I would agree with that. I don't I don't have a problem with it at all. Um, from my point of view, they're having a nice time summer jumping. So that's some people's bag, Brendan. Clearly not yours. But some... <laughs> yeah, no, I, absolutely, and 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 good luck to them. And I, I tell you I, what, I, what I really love um, in, in the summer jumping is when they take all the obstacles out and they turn it into flat race. That's a great fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we're all here for. Those, those days mm. with the low sun summer jumping just can't beat it. Yeah. The six runners yeah, as yeah. well, you know, just the six runners, all the fences taken out. That's what we're here for. Not uh, Stephen Hone. He has asked, uh, thoughts on Kiprios going to the Ark? Doesn't seem a vintage renewal at this stage, and Aidan has been known to send stayers there before, Kevin. Yeah, we have seen it. We have seen it. Um, hasn't ended well with Aidan's in the... Well, Order St. George ran well. Um, I'm thinking leading light. Um, what else did he do? He's, he has done it. He's right. Um, and we have seen some stairs run very, very well in it. Um, Westerner springs to mind. Um, would you do it? Why not? I, I dare say. Um, you know, why not? 
you know, it's not going to certainly not going to hurt his prospects go back over staying trips. He'd be he'd be running in the the pre decadran other otherwise, I suppose. Um, yeah, if they didn't have a code now, see what Luxembourg does when he makes his hopefully makes his return soon. If they didn't have an obvious code or even an obvious filly to have a crack, why not? Yeah, and I wouldn't be against it. He'd be he wouldn't be without a chance. No, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be having a few quid in them. I don't think, but. Hey ho, why not? There we go. Run them, as Brendan says. <laughs> yeah, run them. They're not only anything standing in the box, Brendan Duke. Uh, DQO's got in contact. Uh, how has the quality of Galway fields improved so much over the last few years? Both codes had impressive winners during the week, and it's noticeable when the trainers talk about the winners next or long-term targets, they talk about future tilts at grade slash group ones, Brendan. Galway on the improved class-wise, or has it always been this way? Well, I, well, it hasn't always been this way, but is it not just Irish racing? Could you say the same thing about the Killarney Festival? Yeah. There's Irish Oaks winners and Derby winners showing up there. And it's just like there's that there's so many trainers in Ireland uh, with so many well-bred horses. They have to run them somewhere. There's You could say all the... Uh, this this, this uh, rising tide has uh, floated all boats. And um, one of the joys of being an Irish racing flat fanboy is that you can go and no one else goes and you might be able to see <laughs> next year's Derby or Oaks winner all, all, all to yourself. And uh, it, it's a beautiful thing. So I think I, I don't think Galway is a special case, but I might be mistaken there. People do love to have a winner at Galway. Yeah, you can, you can, in Ireland, you can turn up to watch a, a median auction made in the Bellastown and see a subsequent Group 1 winner, which happened a couple of years ago. <laughs> Um, that's the joy of the Irish racing scene there's none of yeah. that when you tip up to Wolverhampton <laughs> oh I'll tell you what I didn't pin it I was a, wasn't I at Wolverhampton when Pinatubu won that was about the most exciting thing that's happened at Wolverhampton <laughs> in recent times but, uh, but, but it is Shag Galway look Galway is just very hard to have winners at like for 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 so many people in Irish racing, like it's the dream to have runners, you know, never mind a winner at Galway. And generally, when you've got so many people thinking the same way and looking in the same direction, you just need a very good horse to go and win there. Um, or certainly a very lucky handicapper that gets everyone to drop right for him on the day. But in terms of the, the level weights contest, like there's, there's very, very, you might get a few windy maidens now for older horses, but uh, generally it's very, very hard win there competitive racing at Galway. Uh, James Bollum has been in contact. Notice last night the Americans number. The Americans number the horses same as the stalls. Why doesn't that happen over here? Surely it keeps it simple. Oh, I wouldn't like it. Imagine a 20-runner not the 65 handicap there with the with the with the runners listed in draw number rather than weight number. Um, you know, for for level level weights contests, you could you could abide it, but um yeah, for handicaps, it would just look really weird, wouldn't it? Maybe we'll get used to it, but I don't know if it'll be for me now. No, I'm not sure. What about you, Brendan? Anything to add to that? I, well, I think it's just the the, the different ways we, we run over. They have a lot of claiming races over there, so it's easier to do when they, they, there aren't great disparity. But they don't really have handicaps in America, so it's probably handier for them just in terms of presenting the race card. For because I can see certainly see the logic of someone going racing for the first time and they see number one drawn one, but uh, with all the handicaps in Irish and English racing, the, the race card would just be a complete mess. So it's just different jurisdictions, I think. Yeah. And then the last question is for me from Chris Poole, and I'm not, I don't think I'm, I can answer it. Who was the most drunk trainer Vanessa Binney Ryle has interviewed? Thinking of Tom Dascom's RTB one last week, he looked totally hammered. 
Well, I couldn't comment on the last part of your question, Chris, uh, but in terms of the most drunk trainer I've ever spoken to on track, because I am so innocent and so <laughs> non-cynical, I don't think anyone's drunk at any given time. I just think everyone's having a lovely time. And that's the way I would prefer to continue seeing the world. That's because, you're the, that's because you're the drunkest person in the room most of the time. Stop, stop. <laughs> that's not true. That's not true. I'm a professional, guys. I'm a professional. Uh, but on that note, uh, I say that a lot on these podcasts. And it's like the lady doth protest too much. I'm a professional. I'm, yeah. Uh, look, that wraps up the show. That's a rattle through forward and Goodwood listeners questions as well as always thank you very much for joining us thanks for listening Kevin thank you and Brendan it's been great having you on board thank you very much uh, until next time we'll be back with Racing Only Better later in the week wait in next week do stay tuned for all of that but for now goodbye goodbye